0: Book 2 of Selections of the History of the Franks. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Selections of the History of the Franks by Gregory of Tours. Translated by Ernest Breholt. Book 2. Chapters 19 to 34. 19. After this war was waged between the Saxons and the Romans, but the Saxons fled and left many of their people to be slain, the Romans pursuing. Their islands were captured and ravaged by the Franks, and many were slain. In the ninth month of that year there was an earthquake. Odoacer made an alliance with Childeric, and they subdued the Alamanni who had overrun part of italy 20 Euric, king of the goths in the fourteenth year of his reign placed duke victorious in command of seven cities and he went at once to clermont and desired to add it to the others and writings concerning this exist to the present he gave orders to set up at the church of St. Julian the columns which are placed there. He gave orders to build the church of St. Laurentius and St. Germanus at the village of Lycaniacus. He was at Clermont nine years. He brought charges against Eucurius, a senator, whom he ordered to be put in prison and taken out at night. And after having him bound beside an old wall, he ordered the wall to be pushed over upon him. As for himself, since he was over wanton in his love for women and was afraid of being killed by the people of Averna, he fled to Rome and there was stoned to death because he wished to practise a similar wantonness. Euric reigned four years after Victorius's death and died in the twenty-seventh year of his reign there was also at that time a great earthquake. 21. Bishop Eparchius of Claremont finds his church at night full of demons. 22. The Holy Sidonius was so eloquent that he generally improvised what he wished to say without any hesitation and in the clearest manner and it happened one day that he went by invitation to a fete at the church of the monastery which we have mentioned before and when his book by which he had been wont to celebrate the holy services was maliciously taken away he went through the whole service of the fete improvising with such readiness that he was admired by all and it was believed by the bystanders that it was not a man who had spoken there but an angel and this we have set forth more fully in the preface of the book which we have composed about the masses written by him being a man of wonderful holiness and as we have said one of the first of the senators he often carried silver dishes away from home unknown to his wife and gave them to the poor people and whenever she learned of it she was scandalized at him and then he used to give the value to the poor and restore the dishes to the house. 23. Terrible fate of priests who rebelled against their bishop. 24. In the time of famine in Burgundy, Ecdicius feeds more than 4,000 persons. 25. The Gothic king Evatrix persecutes the Christians in southwestern Gaul. 26. A bishop, being suspected by the Goths, is carried a captive into Spain. 27. After these events, Childric died, and Clovis, his son, reigned in his stead. In the fifth year of his reign, Siagrius, king of the Romans, son of Egedius, had his seat in the city of Soissons, which Egedius, who had been mentioned before, once held. And Clovis came against him with Ragnacar, his kinsman, because he used to possess the kingdom, and demanded that they make ready a battlefield. And Siagrius did not delay, nor was he afraid to resist. And so they fought against each other, and Siagrius, seeing his army crushed, turned his back and fled swiftly to King Alaric at Toulouse. And Clovis sent to Alaric to send him back, Otherwise, he was to know that Clovis would make war on him for his refusal. And Alaric was afraid that he would incur the anger of the Franks on account of Syagrius, seeing it is the fashion of the Goths to be terrified, and he surrendered him in chains to Clovis's envoys. And Clovis took him and gave orders to put him under guard and when he had got his kingdom, he directed that he be executed secretly. At that time many churches were despoiled by Clovis's army, since he was as yet involved in heathen air. Now the army had taken from a certain church a vase of wonderful size and beauty, along with the remainder of the utensils for the service of the church, and the bishop of the church sent messengers to the king, asking that the vase at least be returned if he could not send back any more of the sacred dishes on hearing this the king said to the messenger follow us as far as soissons because all that has been taken is to be divided there and when the lot assigns me that dish i will do what the father asks then when he came to soissons and all the booty was set in their midst the king said i ask you brave warriors not to refuse to grant me in addition to my share yonder dish that is he was speaking of the vase just mentioned in answer to the speech of the king those of more sense replied glorious king all that we see is yours and we ourselves are subject to your rule now do what seems well pleasing to you for no one is able to resist your power when they said this a foolish envious and excitable fellow lifted his battle-axe and struck the vase and cried in a loud voice you shall get nothing here except what the lot fairly bestows on you at this all were stupefied but the king endured the insult with the gentleness of patience and taking the vase he handed it over to the messenger of the church nursing the wound deep in his heart and at the end of the year he ordered the whole army to come with their equipment of armor to show the brightness of their arms on the field of march and when he was reviewing them all carefully he came to the man who struck the vase and said to him no one has brought armor so carelessly kept as you for neither your spear nor sword nor axe is in serviceable condition and seizing his axe he cast it to the earth and when the other had bent over somewhat to pick it up the king raised his hands and drove his own axe into the man's head this said he is what you did at soissons to the vase upon the death of this man he ordered the rest to depart raising great dread of himself by the action he made many wars and gained many victories In the tenth year of his reign he made war on the Thuringi, and brought them under his domain. 28. Now the king of the Burgundians was Gundavec, of the family of King Athanaric, the persecutor, whom we have mentioned before. He had four sons, Gundabad, Godogisel, Shilperic, and Godomar gundobad killed his brother Chilperic with the sword and sank his wife in water with a stone tied to her neck his two daughters he condemned to exile the elder of these who became a nun was called crona and the younger clotilda and as clovis often sent embassies to burgundy the maiden clotilda was found by his envoys And when they saw that she was of good bearing and wise, and learned that she was of the family of the king, they reported this to King Clovis. And he sent an embassy to Gundobad without delay, asking her in marriage. And Gundobad was afraid to refuse, and surrendered her to the men. And they took the girl and brought her swiftly to the king. The king was very glad when he saw her, and married her, having already by a concubine a son named theodoric twenty nine he had a first-born son by queen clotilde and as his wife wished to consecrate him in baptism she tried unceasingly to persuade her king saying the gods you worship are nothing and they will be unable to help themselves or anyone else for they are graven out of stone or wood or some metal and the names you have given them are names of men and not of gods as saturn who is declared to have fled in fear of being banished from his kingdom by his son as jove himself the fall perpetrator of all shameful crimes committing incest with men mocking at his kinswoman not able to refrain from intercourse with his own sister as she herself says Jovisque et soror et conjunx what could mars or mercury do they are endowed rather with the magic arts than with the power of the divine name but he ought rather to be worshipped who created by his word heaven and earth the sea and all that is in them out of a state of nothingness who made the sun shine, and adorned the heavens with stars, who filled the waters with creeping things, the earth with living things, and the air with creatures that fly, at whose nod the earth is decked with growing crops, the trees with fruit, the vines with grapes? by whose hand mankind was created, by whose generosity all that creation serves and helps man, whom he created as his own but though the queen said this the spirit of the king was by no means moved to belief and he said it is at the command of our god that all things were created and came forth and it is plain that your god has no power and what is more he is proven not to belong to the family of the gods meantime the faithful queen made her son ready for baptism She gave command to adorn the church with hangings and curtains, in order that he who could not be moved by persuasion might be urged to belief by this mystery. The boy, whom they named Ingomer, died after being baptized, still wearing the white garments in which he became regenerate. At this the king was violently angry and reproached the queen harshly, saying, If the boy had been dedicated in the name of my gods, he would certainly have lived. But as it is, since he was baptized in the name of your God, he cannot live at all. To this the queen said, I give thanks to the omnipotent God, creator of all, who has judged me not wholly unworthy, that he should deign to take to his kingdom one born from my womb my soul is not stricken with grief for his sake because i know that summoned from this world as he was in his baptismal garments he will be fed by the vision of god after this she bore another son whom she named clodimer at baptism and when he fell sick the king said it is impossible that anything else should happen to him than happen to his brother namely that being baptized in the name of your christ he should die at once but through the prayers of his mother and the lord's command he became well 30. the queen did not cease to urge him to recognize a true god and cease worshiping idols but he could not be influenced in any way to this belief until at last a war arose with the alamani in which he was driven by necessity to confess what before he had of his free will denied it came about that as the two armies were fighting fiercely there was much slaughter and clovis's army began to be in danger of destruction he saw it and raised his eyes to heaven and with remorse in his heart he burst into tears and cried jesus christ whom clotilda asserts to be the son of the living god who art said to give aid to those in distress and to bestow victory on those who hope in thee i beseech the glory of thy aid with the vow that if thou wilt grant me victory over these enemies and i shall know that power which she says that people dedicated in thy name have had from thee i will believe in thee and be baptized in thy name for I have invoked my own gods, but as I find, they have withdrawn from aiding me, and therefore I believe that they possess no power, since I do not help those who obey them. I now call upon thee. I desire to believe thee. Only let me be rescued from my adversaries. And when he said this, the Alemani turned their backs and began to disperse in flight. And when they saw that their king was killed, They submitted to the dominion of Clovis, saying, Let not the people perish further, we pray. We are yours now. And he stopped the fighting, and after encouraging his men, retired in peace, and told the queen how he had had merit to win the victory by calling on the name of Christ. This happened in the fifteenth year of his reign. 31. Then the queen asked Saint Remy, Bishop of Rheims, to summon Clovis secretly, urging him to introduce the king to the word of salvation. And the bishop sent for him secretly and began to urge him to believe in the true God, maker of heaven and earth, and to cease worshipping idols which could help neither themselves nor anyone else. But the king said, I gladly hear you, most holy father, but there remains one thing. The people who follow me cannot endure to abandon their gods, but I shall go and speak to them according to your words. He met with his followers, but before he could speak, the power of God anticipated him, and all the people cried out together, O pious king, we reject our mortal gods, and we are ready to follow the immortal God whom Remy preaches. This was reported to the bishop, who was greatly rejoiced, and bade them get ready the baptismal font. The squares were shaded with tapestried canopies, the churches adorned with white curtains, the baptistry set in order, the aroma of incense spread, candles of fragrant odor burned brightly, the whole shrine of the baptistry was filled with a divine fragrance and the lord gave such grace to those who stood by that they thought they were placed amid the odors of paradise and the king was the first to ask to be baptized by the bishop another constantine advanced to the baptismal font to terminate the disease of ancient leprosy and wash away with fresh water the foul spots that had long been born and when he entered to be baptized, the saint of God began with ready speech Gently bend your neck, Sigamber, worship what you burned, burn what you worshipped. The holy bishop Remy was a man of excellent wisdom and especially trained in rhetorical studies of such surpassing holiness that he equalled the miracles of Sylvester for there is extent a book of his life which tells that he raised a dead man. And so the king confessed all-powerful God in the Trinity, and was baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and was anointed with the holy ointment with the sign of the cross of Christ, and of his army more than three thousand were baptized. His sister also, Albofled, was baptized who not long after passed to the lord and when the king was in mourning for her the holy remy sent a letter of consolation which began in this way the reason of your mourning pains me and pains me greatly that elbow fled your sister of good memory has passed away but i can give you this comfort that her departure from the world was such that she ought to be envied rather than mourned another sister was also converted lantha child by name who had fallen into the heresy of the arians and she confessed that the son and the holy spirit were equal to the father and was anointed thirty two at that time the brothers Gundobad and Godegisel were kings of the country about the rhone and the sion together with the province of marseilles and they as well as their people belonged to the Arian sect and since they were fighting with each other Godegisel, hearing of the victories of king clovis sent an embassy to him secretly saying if you will give me aid in attacking my brother so that i may be able to kill him in battle or drive him from the country i will pay you every year whatever tribute you yourself wish to impose clovis accepted this offer gladly and promised aid whenever need should ask and at a time agreed upon he marched his army against gundobad on hearing this gundobad who did not know of his brother's treachery sent to him saying come to my assistance since the franks are in motion against us and are coming to our country to take it Therefore let us be united against a nation hostile to us, lest because of division we suffer in turn what other people have suffered. And the other said, I will come with my army and will give you aid. And these three, namely Clovis against Gundobad and Godegiso, were marching their armies to the same point, and they came with all their warlike equipment to the stronghold of Dizon and they fought on the river Ouk, and Godegissel joined Clovis, and both armies crushed the people of Gundabad, and he perceived the treachery of his brother, whom he had not suspected, and turned his back and began to flee, hastening along the banks of the Rhone, and he came to the city of Avignon, and Godegissel, having won the victory, promised to Clovis a part of his kingdom, and departed quietly, and entered Vienne in triumph as if he now held the whole kingdom king clovis increased his army further and set off after gundobad to drag him from his city and slay him he heard it and was terrified and feared that sudden death would come to him however he had with him eridius a man famed for energy and wisdom and he sent for him and said difficulties wall me in on every side and i do not know what to do because these barbarians have come against us to slay us and destroy the whole country to this eridius answered you must soften the fierceness of this man in order not to perish now if it is pleasing in your eyes i will pretend to flee from you and to pass over to his side and when i come to him i shall prevent his harming either you or this country only be willing to do what he demands of you by my advice until the lord in his goodness deigns to make your cause successful and gundobad said i will do whatever you direct when he said this Aridius bade him good-bye and departed and going to king clovis he said behold i am your humble servant most pious king i come to your protection leaving the wretched gundabad and if your goodness condescends to receive me both you and your children shall have in me a true and faithful servant clovis received him very readily and kept him by him for he was entertaining in story-telling ready in counsel, just in judgment, and faithful to what was put in his charge. Then when Clovis with all his army sat around the walls of the city, Heredias said, O king, if the glory of your loftiness should kindly consent to hear the few words of my lowliness, though you do not need counsel, yet I would utter them with entire faithfulness and they will be advantageous to you and to the cities through which you purpose to go why said he do you keep your army here when your enemy sits in a very strong place if you ravage the fields lay waste the meadows cut down the vineyards lay low the olive yards and destroy all the produce of the country you do not however succeed in doing him any harm send an embassy rather and impose tribute to be paid you every year so that the country may be safe and you may rule forever upon a tributary and if he refuses then do whatever pleases you the king took his advice and commanded his army to return home then he sent an embassy to gundabad and ordered him to pay every year a tribute and he paid it at once and promised that he would pay it for the future 33. Later he regained his power, and now contemptuously refused to pay the promised tribute to King Glovis, and set his army in motion against his brother, Godegissel, and shut him up in the city of Vienne, and besieged him. And when food began to be lacking for the common people, Godegissel was afraid that the famine would extend to himself, and gave orders that the common people be expelled from this city. When this was done, there was driven out among the rest the artisan who had charge of the aqueduct, and he was indignant that he had been cast out from the city with the rest, and went to Gundabad in a rage to inform him how to burst into the city and take vengeance on his brother. Under his guidance an army was led through the aqueduct, and many with iron crowbars went in front, for there was a vent in the aqueduct closed with a great stone and when this had been pushed away with crowbars by direction of the artisan they entered the city and surprised from the rear the defenders who were shooting arrows from the wall the trumpet was sounded in the midst of the city and the besiegers seized the gates and opened them and entered at the same time and when the people between these two battle lines were being slain by each army Godogiso sought refuge in the church of the heretics, and was slain there along with the Arian bishop. Finally the Franks, who were with Godogiso gathered in a tower, but Gundobad ordered that no harm should be done to a single one of them, but seized them and sent them in exile to King Alaric at Toulouse, and he slew the Burgundian senators who had conspired with Godogiso. He restored to his own dominion all the region, which is now called Burgundy. He established milder laws for the Burgundians, lest they should oppress the Romans. 34. King Gundobad is converted to the doctrine of the Trinity, but will not confess it in public. The writings of Bishop Avitus are described. 35. Now when Alaric, King of the Goths saw Clovis conquering nations steadily, he sent envoys to him, saying, If my brother consents, it is the desire of my heart that with God's favor we have a meeting. Clovis did not spurn this proposal, but went to meet him. They met in an island on the Loire, which is near the village of Amboise in the territory of Tours, and they talked and ate and drank together, and plighted friendship. And departed in peace. Even at that time, many in the Gauls desired greatly to have the Franks as masters. 36. Whence it happened that Quintian, bishop of Rhodes, was driven from his city through ill will on this account? For they said, It is your desire that the rule of the Franks be extended over this land. A few days later, a quarrel arose between him and the citizens and the goths who dwelt in the city became suspicious when the citizens charged that he wished to submit himself to the control of the franks they took counsel and decided to slay him with the sword when this was reported to the man of god he rose in the night and left the city of rhodes with his most faithful servants and went to clermont there he was received kindly by the holy bishop euphrasius who had succeeded Eprunculus at Dijon, and he kept Quintian with him, giving him houses as well as fields and vineyards, and saying, The wealth of this church is enough to keep us both. Only let the charity which the blessed apostle preaches endure amongst the bishops of God. Moreover, the bishop of Lyons bestowed upon him some of the possessions of the church, which he had in Auvergne. And the rest about the Holy Quintian, both the plottings which he endured and the miracles which the Lord deigned to work through him are written in the book of his life. 37. Now Clovis the king said to his people, I take it very hard that these Arians hold part of the Gauls. Let us go with God's help and conquer them and bring the land under our control since these words pleased all he set his army in motion and made for poitiers where alaric was at that time but since part of the host was passing through touraine he issued an edict out of respect to the blessed martin that no one should take anything from that country except grass for fodder and water but one from the army found a poor man's hay and said did not the king order grass only to be taken nothing else and this said he is grass we shall not be transgressing his command if we take it but when he had done violence to the poor man and taken his hay by force the deed came to the king and quicker than speech the offender was slain by the sword and the king said and where shall our hope for victory be if we offend the blessed martin it would be better for the army to take nothing else from this country the king himself sent envoys to the blessed church saying go and perhaps you will receive some omen of victory from the holy temple then giving them gifts to set up in the holy place he said if thou o lord art my helper and hast determined to surrender this unbelieving nation always striving against thee into my hands consent to reveal it propitiously at the entrance to the church of st martin so that i may know that thou wilt deign to be favourable to thy servant clovis's servants went on their way according to the king's command and drew near to the place and when they were about to enter the holy church the first singer without any prearrangement, arrangement sang this response thou hast girded me o lord with strength unto the battle thou hast subdued under me those that rose up against me and hast made mine enemies turn their backs unto me and thou hast utterly destroyed them that hated me on hearing this singing they thanked the lord and paying their vow to the blessed confessor they joyfully made their report to the king moreover when he came to the river vienne with his army he did not know where he ought to cross for the river had swollen from the rains when he had prayed to the lord in the night to show him a ford where he could cross in the morning by god's will a hind of wonderful size entered the river before them and when it passed over the people saw where to cross when the king came to the neighborhood of Poitiers, and was encamped some distance off, he saw a ball of fire come out of the church of St. Hilarius, and pass, as it were, over him, to show that, aided by the light of the blessed confessor Hilarius, he should more boldly conquer the heretic armies, against which the same bishop had often fought for the faith and he made it known to all the army that neither there nor on the way should they spoil any one or take any one's property there was in these days a man of praiseworthy holiness the abbot maxentius who had become a recluse in his own monastery in Poitiers because of his fear of god we have not put the name of the monastery in this account because the place is called to the present day Salula Sancti Mexinti. And when his monks saw a division of the host approaching the monastery, they prayed the abbot to come forth from his cell to consult with him. And as he stayed, they were panic-stricken and opened the door and dragged him from his cell. And he hastened boldly to meet the enemy to ask for peace. And one of them drew out his sword to launch the stroke at his head and when he had raised his hand to his ear it became rigid and the sword fell and he threw himself at the feet of the blessed man asking pardon and the rest of them seeing this returned in great fear to the army afraid that they should perish together the man's arm the holy confessor rubbed with consecrated oil and made over it the sign of the cross and restored it to soundness and owing to his protection, the monastery remained uninjured. He worked many other miracles also, and if anyone diligently seeks for them, he will find them all in reading the book of his life in the 25th year of Clovis. Meantime, King Clovis met with Alaric, King of the Goths, in the plain of Oulay at the 10th milestone from Poitiers and while the one army was for fighting at a distance the other tried to come to close combat and when the goths had fled as was their custom king clovis won the victory by god's aid he had to help him the son of sigebert the lame named cloderic this sigebert was lame from a wound in the leg received in a battle with the alamanni near the city of zupic now when the king had put the Goths to flight and slain King Alaric, two of the enemy suddenly appeared and struck at him with their lances, one on each side. But he was saved from death by the help of his coat of mail, as well as by his fast horse. At that time there perished a very great number of the people of Averna who had come with Apollinaris and the leading senators. From this battle Amalaric, son of Alaric, fled to spain and wisely seized his father's kingdom clovis sent his son theodoric to Clermont by way of albi and Rodez. he went and brought under his father's dominion the cities from the boundaries of the ghosts to the limit of the burgundians alaric reigned twenty-two years when clovis had spent the winter at bordeaux and taken all the treasures of alaric at toulouse he went to Angulumi, and the Lord gave him such grace that the walls fell down of their own accord when he gazed at them. Then he drove the Goths out and brought the city under his own dominion. Thereupon, after completing his victory, he returned to Tours, bringing many gifts to the Holy Church of the Blessed Martin. 38 clovis received an appointment to the consulship from the emperor anastasius and in the church of the blessed martin he clad himself in the purple tunic and claymice and placed the diadem on his head then he mounted his horse and in a great generous manner he gave gold and silver as he passed along the way which is between the gate of the entrance of the church of st martin and the church of the city Scattering it among the people who were there with his own hand. And from that day he was called Consul or Augustus. Leaving Tours, he went to Paris, and there he established the seat of his kingdom. There also Theodoric came to him. 39. Licinius was Bishop of Tours at the time of Clovis's visit. His travels. 40 when king clovis was dwelling at paris he sent secretly to the son of sigibert saying behold your father has become an old man and limps in his weak foot if he should die said he of due right his kingdom would be yours together with our friendship led on by greed the son plotted to kill his father and when his father went out from the city of cologne and crossed the rhine and was intending to journey through the wood bukaw as he slept at midday in his tent his son sent assassins in against him and killed him there in the idea that he would get his kingdom but by god's judgment he walked into the pit that he had cruelly dug for his father He sent messengers to King Clovis to tell about his father's death, and to say, My father is dead, and I have his treasures in my possession, and also his kingdom. Send men to me, and I shall gladly transmit to you from his treasures whatever pleases you. And Clovis replied, I thank you for your good will, and I ask that you show the treasures to my men who come, and after that you shall possess all yourself when they came he showed his father's treasures and when they were looking at the different things he said it was in this little chest that my father used to put his gold coins thrust in your hands they said to the bottom and uncover the hole when they did so and was much bent over one of them lifted his hand and dashed his battle-axe against his head and so in a shameful manner he incurred the death which he had brought on his father clovis heard that sigibert and his son had been slain and came to the place and summoned all the people saying hear what has happened when i said he was sailing down the river schilt cloderic son of my kinsman was in pursuit of his own father asserting that i wished him killed and when his father was fleeing through the forest of bukaw he sent highwaymen upon him and gave him over to death and slew him and when he was opening the treasures he was slain himself by some one or other now i know nothing at all of these matters for i cannot shed the blood of my own kinsmen which it is a crime to do but since this has happened i give you my advice if it seems acceptable turn to me that you may be under my protection. They listened to this, and giving applause with both shields and voices, they raised him on a shield, and made him king over them. He received Sigibert's kingdom with his treasure, and placed the people too under his rule. For God was laying his enemies low every day under his hand, and was increasing his kingdom, because he walked with an upright heart, before him, and did what was pleasing in his eyes. Forty-one. After this, he turned to Chararic. When he had fought with Theagrius, this Chararic had been summoned to help Clovis, but stood at a distance, aiding neither side, but awaiting the outcome, in order to form a league of friendship with him to whom victory came. For this reason clovis was angry and went out against him he entrapped and captured him and his son also and kept him in prison and gave them the tonsure he gave orders to ordain shareric priest and his son deacon and when shareric complained of his degradation and wept it is said that his son remarked it was on green wood said he that these twigs were cut and they are not altogether withered they will shoot out quickly and be able to grow may he perish as swiftly who has done this this utterance was reported to the ears of clovis namely that they were threatening to let their hair grow and kill him and he ordered them both to be put to death when they were dead he took their kingdom with the treasures and the people Forty-two ragnacar was then king of cambria a man so unrestrained in his wantonness that he scarcely had mercy for his own near relatives he had a counsellor faro who defiled himself with a like vileness and it was said that when food or a gift of anything whatever was brought to the king he was wont to say that it was enough for him and his faro and at this thing the franks were in a great rage and so it happened that Clovis gave golden armlets and belts, but all only made to resemble gold, for it was bronze gilded so as to deceive. These he gave to Ragnacar's ludes to be invited to attack him. Moreover, when Clovis had set his army in motion against him and Ragnachar was continually sending spies to get information on the return of his messengers, He used to ask how strong the force was, and they would answer, It is a great sufficiency for you and your farrow. Clovis came and made war on him, and he saw that his army was beaten and prepared to slip away in flight, but was seized by his army, and with his hands tied behind his back, he was taken with Ricar, his brother, before Clovis. And Clovis said to him, Why have you humiliated our family in permitting yourself to be bound? It would have been better for you to die. And raising his axe, he dashed it against his head. And he turned to his brother and said, If you had aided your brother, he would not have been bound. And in the same way, he smote him with his axe and killed him. After their death, their betrayers perceived that the gold which they had received from the king was false when they told the king of this it is said that he answered rightly said he does he receive this kind of gold who of his own will brings his own master to death it ought to suffice them that were alive and were not put to death to mourn amid torments the wicked betrayal of their masters when they heard this they prayed for mercy saying it was enough for them if they were allowed to live the kings named above were kinsmen of clovis and their brother rignamar by name was slain by clovis's order at the city of mons when they were dead clovis received all their kingdom and treasures and having killed many other kings and his nearest relatives of whom he was jealous lest they take the kingdom from him he extended his rule over all the gauls However. He gathered his people together at one time, it is said, and spoke of the kinsmen whom he had himself destroyed. Woe to me who have remained as a stranger among foreigners, and have none of my kinsmen to give me aid if adversity comes. But he said this not because of grief at their death, but by way of a ruse, if perchance he should be able to find someone still to kill. 43. After all this he died at Paris, and was buried in the Church of the Holy Apostles, which he himself had built together with his Queen Clotilde. He passed away in the fifth year after the Battle of Voulay, and all the days of his reign were thirty years, and his age was forty-five. From the death of St. Martin to the death of King Clovis, which happened in the eleventh year of the episcopate of licinius bishop of tours one hundred and twelve years are reckoned queen clotilda came to tours after the death of her husband and served there in the church of st martin and dwelt in the place with the greatest chastity and kindness all the days of her life rarely visiting paris Here ends the second book, end of section three.